So today we are talking to Dominic Monroe, and Dominic is a software engineer at Juxt. Uh, and if you haven't heard already, Juxt created a new database called Crux, uh, which is B-Temporal. So we're not going to talk about Crux today, but we will put uh, in the show notes links so you can check it out. Uh, today we are going to focus on Vim and how do you set up Vim for closure development. So Dominic, thank you for joining us and um, glad, to he- glad to have you here. Uh, absolutely, my pleasure. Uh, when we set up Vim for closure development, where do we start? Um, so I, I guess there's, there's two places you could start. One of them is with your REPL or your closure inter- integration, um, and one of them is with your parentheses balancing. Um, so I'll, I'll start with the parentheses balancing first. So okay. you've basically got two options. Um, there's uh, three options, three options. You have um, Vim S expression or Vim sexp. You have uh, okay. Vim Predit or Predit.vim. I'm forgetting at the moment. And you have Printfer.vim. Uh, okay. So I've used all three. My personal preference is that, so I used Predit for a while, but it, it felt a bit magical. I think things that you would normally do in, it, it tried to copy Emacs a little bit too much. So things that you would normally do in Emacs, like overriding what uh, kill word means, it was doing things like overriding delete line, and it would try and balance your parentheses when doing that. I I found that when it got confused, it absolutely broke everything, and you had no way of knowing what was going on. So my general preference is for Vim S expression. Um, it, it feels a lot more Vim-like. It provides you uh, things called text objects, which, so Vim is built on a model of operators and text objects. So operators are things like delete or eval or copy. And a text object is something like uh, the upper outermost form or the string nearest my cursor or a paragraph or a word, things like that. Mm -hmm. So Vim as expression is essentially a bunch of operators and text objects for closure. Um, there are a few places where, so for example, um, Bath and Slurp don't really fit into Vim's model there very well because it's um, you don't really have a, an exact target. You've got two targets. You've got to say like that uh, parentheses move around that thing. So it, it's not always a perfect fit. And in places like that, it does offer a combined operator. Um, but I have also used the Vim Printfer integration. And mm-hmm. I'd say it's really, really good. If you like Printfer, you'll like the Vim Printfer integration. The reason I don't use it on a daily basis is just because I work with people who like to leave trailing parentheses with comments in, and therefore Printfer kept reformatting all their code bases, and it felt a bit too mm-hmm. aggressive. Um, I was okay. plenty productive in Vim as expression without adding it anyway. I do kind of miss it. But. Hmm. All right. Um, so out of this three, I mean, we'll put in the show notes the links to all three so people can check it out. Uh, so after we have the parentheses, you mentioned the other part will be the REPL. Yeah. Um, so the major plugin that you're going to use is Fireplace. Um, it's written by uh, Tim Pope, who's very famous in the Vim community uh, for writing. I think he wrote a lot of Ruby plugins, which uh, gained him his initial um, fame. But he 
So he, he wrote this, and Fireplace is a it's a fair, fairly minimalistic, but very closure-like uh, REPL integration or closure integration uh, for Vim. Um, it provides an operator um, for evaluating code, which is uh, surprisingly handy, actually. So um, I can do things like like evaluate the element I'm on, evaluate the whole top level form, or if I've, I'm doing some debugging and I've done some inline deaths, I can evaluate just small subsets. Um, so it also has a test runner built into it. Uh, it does build, it doesn't require CIDR, but when CIDR is available, it does build upon its features. So um, for people who aren't aware, CIDR is actually broken up into two parts, or I suppose three parts now, but, but two parts. There is the CIDR.L, which is the Emacs part, and there's CIDR NREPL. And CIDR NREPL is written entirely in Clojure and is accessible to any client of uh, NREPL if it's loaded as a dependency. So when CIDR NREPL is loaded, Fireplace will build upon it. Um, I can't remember, I think for info, lookups in particular. So for finding the source of a variable or for finding the line number that it's on. Okay. So, so those are those are your sort of two uh, cornerstone plugins, I'd say, sort of your fireplace and um, something like VimsXP or Printfer. As, as an alternative to fireplace, you might also want to look at something like um, Conjure. Conjure is really interesting in that it's building on top of uh, the socket prepl instead of building on top of nrepl, but it's still using. Um, a little while ago, some work was done to break up the CIDR code base into something called Orchard and CIDR. So CIDR deals with all the nrepl stuff, but Orchard is actually all the work that's been done to, for example, there's a, a lot of very fancy code around analyzing a stack trace and resolving it back to the original file insider. That was actually extracted out into a library called Orchard. And um, Conjure utilizes Orchard as part of its functioning over the socket REPL. Um, so you still get a lot of features. That one's quite interesting in that it's it's very modern. Um, it builds on very modern BIM features like uh, the floating windows features and there's a the virtual text feature, which allows you to show text at the end of a line, um, which obviously all the IDEs have had forever, right. but Vim just got that. Mm. All right. So with this, when you evaluate the code, you can see it at the end of the line, this is what we're saying? Um, the Conjure has a, a pretty neat feature where as you move your cursor around, it will show you for the outermost function called the doc string on the end of the line and the args that it can take. Um, there's a there's a animation somewhere I can link to it, but it, it's it's quite a fancy feature. Um, I'd say that the fireplace isn't very it doesn't have many frills, so you, you have to read through the documentation and learn how to um, like start it. And Conjure Conjure is a lot more convenient it, um, due to the nature of how Conjure works. It will actually start a very small JVM for itself off the bat. Um, so you've immediately got an evaluation environment, and then you can connect it to more, but you've always got at least one, which is great for doing little things in your home directory and, and stuff like that. Is there any integration when it comes to like linters, or do you use any? The, the Vim ecosystem is very um, bizarre, I'd, I'd say, rather than cathedral. 
So I, I think there's like three or four competing linting plugins. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, for, so for Closure Condo, there is support in ale.vim or nvim, I forget. Um, I know that Eastwood has a plugin for Syntastic. And there's also something built in to Vim for doing, not quite linting, but making. And you can set up making with um, as, as a sort of pseudo linter. Because uh, when you do a make, traditionally, it will spit out, like if you're doing a compile with GCC, it would spit out, oh, there's an error on line 52, and you need to go change that before I can compile. So you can do the same sort of thing with a linter. So there is also instructions for Closure Condo on setting that up with uh, Vim's built-in linting facilities. Um, And I actually use that feature because I I find it quite annoying to have pop-ups as I'm typing. I just find it a bit too much. So I tend to have a key binding, which I've run occasionally to lint what I'm looking at to make sure everything looks okay. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still experimenting with the, the best way I, I want that to show up. But there's plenty of people who do linting with um, with Ale and have it all real time and have little icons and, and stuff like that showing them what's going on all the right. time. All right. Well, how about Joker? Is there anything for Joker? Both... Ale and uh, Syntastic have Joker plugins built into them. Uh, Mm -hmm. Closure Condo and uh, Joker both output the same format. So the same strategy that that works for linting with Vim's built-in lint facilities in Condo also work for Joker. I personally have a setup that uh, concatenates the output of both of them, but I haven't actually Mm -hmm. publicly documented this anywhere. It's just in my dot files. Okay. Uh, you mentioned a couple of times syntactic and jo- and ale. Uh, what's the difference? What is syntactic? What is ale? So syntactic is a very old plugin, um, probably you know maybe like ten years old. A very old plugin. It's been around forever. Um, okay. It, the reason so that's very popular. There's loads of linters written for it, and it's very good. I think. It's a bit more minimalistic than Ale. So Ale was originally written to take advantage of NeoVim's asynchronous features. And it, there was also around about the same time a plugin called NeoMake, I think, which was also doing the same thing. Okay. Uh, um, so since then, Ale has expanded quite a lot. It's, um, it's coincided with the creation of the language server protocol, which hasn't seen a lot of adoption in Clojure. But outside of Clojure, it's very popular because it allows you to just install a single plugin and then your language ecosystem will provide a language server protocol server of some kind. Um, So Ale has integrated with language server protocol, which I believe has some kind of linting facilities built into it, uh, into the protocol. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it has also adopted I think as a convenience, it's also said, oh, well, I'm already integrated with the LSP. Why don't I provide a go-to-definition feature and, and things like that? So I think the scope of Ale has expanded quite a lot. Um, mm-hmm. On top of that, Ale is quite a... It's Because it was developed so much later, it's taking advantage of more modern Vim features. So I believe it will show icons and color text um, much more... I, I'd say it's more of a pretty plugin. Um, than syntactic, which is a bit more modest. 
Uh, are there any other packages important for uh, development with Clojure in Vim? There's one major one that I would recommend most people install, which is async Clojure Omni. Um, I am now getting into the territory of plugins I've written. So... <laughs> Um, Here we go. Yeah, start plugging all my own stuff. Um, so async closure Omni is a it builds upon Fireplace to provide asynchronous completion um, for closure. One of so okay. Fireplace has a built-in completion that works with Vim's completion engine, but Vim's completion engine is synchronous, and it's also by default you trigger it via a key press. So it's not on by default. Mm -hmm. um, I it was originally written when Fireplace was fully synchronous, so it didn't have any any async facilities in it yet. Since then, um, uh, recently, Closureist together did fund Fireplace, so it does now have async capabilities. So async Closure Omni has completely contracted in size. It's now a very tiny wrapper, whereas before I had to like spin up a Python server to handle the asynchronous communications in the background. Uh, now I can mm -hmm. just call out to Fireplace. So the size of the wrapper has shrunk, but that has allowed me to easily integrate with more of the async completion engines, I guess they're called, that have been written for mm -hmm. Vim. So it has support for um, NeoVim completion engine, or maybe it's just Neo completion engine, uh, completion manager, sorry. So it has support for uh, NCM2, asyncomplete.vim and um, I'm going to say the full name because the short name is cock.vim, which might not sound very good over the over the audio. <laughs> Conqueror of completion. So I'll okay. test all three again. So uh, it has support for ncm2, asyncomplete.vim and conquerorofcompletion.envim. So it has support that probably if you're using async completion, and it's got an extension mechanism. I've tried to cover it. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it so you should be covered if you already use. Are there any other packages that, that you've are, written or maybe that you haven't written yeah. that you're using? Um, so another plugin that I'm quite fond of, another one that I wrote, is Vim Jackin. Mm -hmm. So the idea was to replicate the functionality of uh, Ciders Jackin which is, mm -hmm. so because CIDR has a dependency on uh, CIDR and REPL as a, to be loaded into the JVM, it provided a convenient command for starting an NREPL with CIDR already injected. I really wanted this because going on to switching between projects and trying to fiddle with getting all the options set up, it was just an absolute nightmare. So I wrote VimJackin to basically automate that process for me. There is also another plugin, I think, that does the same thing called Salve, um, but it has some other features which slow down the startup time of them. So I, I didn't want to use it. I wanted a very tailored plugin, which only did one thing. Um, mm -hmm. So that plugin only has three commands, which is line, boot, and um, CLJ. And it will just, mm -hmm. it will attempt to start it in a NeoVim terminal or in a new tab in your terminal, which I think is a really cool feature. So one of the problems with the CIDR jacking is that if you close Emacs, your process is gone and you're stuck. Mm -hmm. um, so it was quite important for me, especially Vim. Vim users tend to close Vim a lot 
and then reopen it and, and background it all the time. It's a much more like you open it when you need it process. So it was really important for me to add support for um, opening it in a new tab in your terminal. And this is all powered by uh, dispatch.bin. So I, I can't take too much credit for that. But okay. yeah, so it will automatically add a CIDR mrepl. There is one more plugin that I consider quite important to my workflow, which is another one that I wrote, which is called Replant. So because Fireplace is quite a minimal plugin, I, I wanted some more fancy features, basically. So while Fireplace covers um, like basic test integration and uh, closure script integration and evaluation, I wanted to have think, support for things like the refresh, for the Stack Trace Explorer. Um, CIDR actually has a custom test runner that it wrote that I wanted mm -hmm. to uh, get more detail from because uh, CIDR has done a lot of work to figure out the exact line number that the failure has happened on, um, which is very useful. Whereas I think uh, Fireplaces, at least last time I checked, the Fireplace built-in test runner can only tell you the line number of the, the whole dev test that failed. So when it fails in a 200 line test, you're, uh, yeah, it's, it's not so fun. Okay. So I, I wrote Replant to, to handle some, some of the, the fancier um, cider features um so yeah i mean it's, it's a bag of goodies that work with uh fireplace when it comes to integration maybe other integrations like with git uh how would you do that in vim so in, in vim i would strongly use uh fugitive um as a mm -hmm. secondary frivolity i would also probably throw in git gutter which gives you um, inline uh, symbols showing you where changes have been made uh, and not committed which I, I find very useful. Um, mm -hmm. But Fugitive is the main plugin. Uh, I'll mention uh, the Vimcast's videos on Fugitive as a, a really good place to go, just to really, that was what, for me, helped me grok Fugitive and really get, oh, like, this is why you would use Fugitive over anything else. Mm -hmm. um, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it, it's another... Uh, Timpo plugin, and the reason it is so nice is because it, it feels like it's built into Vim. So, for example, when you do a diff, it activates the diff mode built into Vim, and it shows you the two files side by side. And I think it does some, like if there's conflict markers, it does clean up um, to hide from you the fact that there are conflict markers to make it fit even better into Vim. The really neat feature of Fugitive is the fact that you can uh, it has like a key binding for opening in diff mode the the staged area. So you can actually go and modify what's been staged without having to write overwrite your local copy first. So if you're someone who really likes to tailor their commit messages to, to tell a story rather than being like, here's all the code, um, you, you can do that sort of, oh, I've made two changes here. I'll commit part of one of them and, and modify the file in the index first, and then I'll commit my second change later. Um, but it, it also has all the basic stuff like uh, you know, fire up a commit, amend a previous commit, stuff like that. And there's um, there's a lot of plugins out there as well for showing you the, the commit log and for browsing that a little bit. Well, I guess at this point, I'm just going to ask, are there any plugins for like, you know, refactoring or would you recommend anything? So I don't think it's being maintained at the moment. 
but that's 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 not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but there is refactor dot or CLJ refactor dot So this mm-hmm. was uh, for me this was very exciting because it was utilizing a feature of NeoVim that where you can actually write plugins for NeoVim in any language, um, which is really cool. So it has this RPC API. So someone figured out how to do it with ClojureScript. Um, so they were able to utilize the, I think there's a fork of rewrite CLJ called rewrite CLJS. So they were able to mm-hmm. use this to do transformations using closure zippers on your code for refactoring. So I, I believe they re- implemented all of the refactor.l stuff pretty much. I think there was a few that, that didn't get implemented, uh, but they were able to implement all of that and it didn't require a running REPL, which was really cool. Um, so I haven't checked in on that in a while. I, I don't have it installed at the moment because I, the problem with refactor.l and with CLJ refactor is that there's a lot of operations. So in the specific case where I often need them, I can't remember what it is I need. So I end up doing it manually anyway, or looking it up and spending more time on it. Um, right. but if you're if you're like a super keyboard ninja and you really love your refactoring or or, or maybe just Maybe it's the code bases I work on. Being being a consultant does change the period of time that I tend to work on a code base. So the projects I tend to be on tend to be very early stage rather than uh, late stage coming and do refactorings. So it might just mm-hmm. be a side effect of that. But if, yeah, if you refactor all day, then it's definitely a plugin worth checking out. And, and maybe if you refactor all day, you know, it, it's one for you to pick up and, and become the maintainer of it is. So there is a closure vim organization, which houses a lot of these projects, not Fireplace, but um, most of my plugins and I, and the CLJ refactor plugin uh, is there. So if someone did want to take over maintenance of CLJ refactor, that, that can easily be arranged. And one of us in the Vim channel would be more than happy to help you out with that. Uh, so you just mentioned a Vim channel. So I believe this is a channel on closure in Slack. Yes. Yep. Um, there's a pretty much all of the authors of the plugins I've mentioned today, other than perhaps the linting ones, which are general purpose, uh, do hang out in that channel. Um, even Tim Pope, which is, he's not very, uh, because he doesn't actually write closure for his day job. It's just something he does. He writes, he wrote this plugin because he was curious about closure a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And he's now become you know, the guy, unfortunately for him. Right. Um, but yeah, he, he's right. there as well, so he can be bothered there if needs be. And yeah, there's a lot of people there who are, who are very helpful. So, what would be the advice that you would give to any Vim users coming to Closure? My advice would be to stick very hard to Closure and be very stubborn about it. Okay. <laughs> there's uh, there's developing with Vim in Closure is a fantastic experience. It's uh, a slightly lesser documented path just because Emacs is an old Lisp editor, so that's the thing people naturally jump on. But I think Vim actually has something very unique to offer in terms of closure development. And personally, like I, I see it when I, I work with some of my Emacs counterparts. Like I can do certain tasks much more easily than they can in Emacs. And there's certain things they can do much more easily than I can, but it's you know it depends on your workload and what your mindset is and, and what's familiar. But my I guess my summary would be Vim is a fantastic editor for Clojure and you should definitely explore trying it out. 
Yeah, we are not trying to start the uh, editor wars here. <laughs> so I think everybody likes their own editor. So if you're like Vim, I guess there's definitely enough uh, for you to give it a go. Yeah, and uh, I, that's a, a big shout out actually to um, to Pez, uh, Peter Stromberg, I think. That's because he's made uh, VS Code uh, a very viable option for uh, Clojure, which I, I think is really good. I think it's very important that when you come to a new language that you don't throw away this foundation you've built on, on your editor. I think it's really important that you continue. So mm. big shout out to Peter Stromberg for, for building an absolutely fantastic integration for Clojure into VS Code. And I can't remember the name of the author, but um, cl the chlorine author I, I hear is uh, doing... Maurizio Schavo. I won't even try and pronounce that. <laughs> Maurizio, yeah. Shout out to Maurizio Chabot, yeah. Uh, for his absolutely fantastic work doing the same thing for Atom. Um, I'm less familiar with his work, but I, I hear he's doing an absolutely great job of mm -hmm. allowing Atom users to continue using Atom. I, I think this is really important. Right. So, uh, Dominic, thank you again for coming by and talking about Vim for Clojure. Oh, no, absolutely my pleasure. It was uh, really fun. Cool. Thank you. If you find this podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes or any other platform you're listening to. You can share it on social media with your friends. You can blog about it, discuss it on your own podcast, and you can support it directly by buying my video courses and learning ClojureScript and Clojure at my website, jacekshe.com. That's J-A-C-E-K-S-C-H-A-E.com. Thank you for your support of this show.